Good morning. It is really good to see you today. You're looking pretty good, I have to say. It, uh, it's great to be with you. You're a little quiet right now. You know, that's always a little weird for me. I, I'm being a, a, a noisy person. Um, I always feel a little more comfortable when there's a little noise. Um, <clears throat> thank you. Thank you. Um, I always feel very comfortable at home because we have plenty of volume uh, at home, and uh, especially when certain members that aren't living at home are visiting. Uh, that's always a good thing. Uh, we're in our series uh, um, of messages here in the month of July called A Place to Belong, and today I want to share a message that's called Grow Together. We're talking about the church. The church is a place to belong, and it's not just limited to, to one church or one type of church, but literally the, the body of Christ and the local expression of that universal body is a place where we can belong. The church universal is, is like no other group, it's like no other religion, and I know that when people use the word religion, many times they're including everything that's considered religious or a religion. The church is like no other organization in the world. In fact, the church really isn't an organization. The church is really an organism. The church, by its very definition, is Alive, And it's made up of those who are uh, a part of God's kingdom through the free gift of salvation. That's who the church is made up of. That's what really defines the church. So when we talk about the body of Christ, when we talk about the church universal, we are talking about all those who have come to salvation in Jesus Christ. They are now part of God's kingdom. They are the church. In Ephesians chapter 2, Paul clearly tells us that before we were born into God's kingdom, before we were born again, that we were dead in our sins. But when we come to Jesus, we receive new life through God's grace. It's at this moment that we become part of the kingdom of God. We are part of the living body, which is called the church. And so... Individually and corporately, we are alive. Individually, we come to Christ, we are alive. As the church, we are a gathering of those who have been called out from death. We've been made alive, and we are alive for a purpose. And part of that purpose is to grow. Today, I want to talk to you about four aspects of growth. I'm excited to share this message with you today. I believe that if we will say yes to God, that there's a lot of things that God can do in our lives today. I want to talk about four aspects of growth. Here we go. Number one, the first aspect of growth is this, presumption. Presumption. I don't know if you realize it, but God expects you to grow. Did you get that? God expects it. In fact, I will go, I'll go even further and say this, that everything that God has created, he expects to grow. 
That's, that's the, the church universal. That's the local church. That's us as believers. It's every blade of grass, every animal, every baby. Everything that God has created, he expects to grow. And God does not go against his principles. He doesn't go against himself. So when God is a God of creation and he creates things, he expects them to grow. Psalm 139 and verse 13, the psalmist says this, For you created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. Give you a little science lesson uh, this morning. Uh, you, you didn't pay for that, but, uh, but here goes. When at the moment of conception, the, 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 the human life is one cell, okay? One cell. And every 12, some of you are looking at me like, I'm, 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 I'm going to follow this and see if you're right. Every 12 hours, that cell doubles, okay? So after 12 hours, that one cell becomes two cells. In another 12 hours, that two becomes four cells. And after about three days, that formerly one-celled life is now 32 cells, after about five days, it's about 500 cells. A 38-week-old baby that's born has 3 trillion cells. A fully grown man has 38.2 trillion cells. And I want you to know something, that this pattern that we see this pattern that is scientifically proven is a pattern that you and I can look to not only in our physical lives, but also in our spiritual lives that literally God has a plan. In Genesis, we read that in the beginning, God created. He is the creator, the sustainer of life, and he created life to do one thing for sure, and that is grow. God created us to grow. And if that one-celled miracle does not grow, what can we say for sure? It'll die. If that one-celled miracle doesn't grow, it will die. Well, I want to tell you today that in our spiritual lives, if we do not grow, we can expect the same thing. At the, the miracle of rebirth, at the miracle of salvation, if we do not grow from that point, we're going to die spiritually. Just like the miracle of birth, God created us spiritually to grow. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 2, Peter says this, Like newborn babies, crave spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Now, newborn babies are interesting. They are born with a craving, okay? They are born for a craving for something that, that most often they get straight from their mother. Sometimes they get it from a bottle from another source, but they are born craving it. They, they, will, they will root for it. They will grab anything that feels like it might be that. They will, they will cry for it. And the interesting thing, as soon as they get it, it knocks them unconscious. Okay? 
That's babies have a craving and they will cry and cry and cry until they get it. But once that craving has been, has been fulfilled, all of a sudden they rest. And it's through the fulfillment of that craving that they are able to grow because they're getting the nutrients that they need to be able to grow. What do we tell our kids when they're little and they, we've, we put vegetables down there in front of them. I'm really grateful that my mother did, she was not big on a lot of vegetables. We had like the real basics, you know what I'm saying? Pizza, no, that's not a vegetable. Um, but, but when we put vegetables in front of our kids, what do we tell them? Eat your vegetables because you're gonna grow and get strong, right? That's what we do. And some of you kids are like, I've been on to you for a long time. I just actually like it and it's no big deal. Uh, but that's what we do. We tell them about this. That fulfilling that craving uh, in, in us spiritually, we're born with a craving for that which will allow us to grow. We have a craving literally for the Word of God, for the, the, the written version of the living Word of God, which is Jesus. We crave the gospel. We crave hearing about the life of Jesus. We, we crave learning about salvation. Once we come to, to accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, when we are spiritually reborn, we crave the things of God. In Colossians chapter 2, Paul is speaking to those who are uh, following false doctrine of worshiping angels, Peter says this, they've lost their connection with the head from whom the whole body supported and together, held together by its ligaments and sinews grows, and here's the part I want you to see, as God causes it to grow. Just as God made our bodies to grow, he also designed our spiritual lives and the church to grow. And therefore, he expects us to grow individually and corporately. Because he created us that way, he expects it of us. So we can say that aspect number one is presumption. God presumes us to grow. Aspect number two is prevention. Do you remember the saying, uh, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure? Have you ever really torn that apart in your mind at all? How many ounces are in a pound? 16. 16 ounces are in a pound. So, so, so literally, there is a 16 to 1 value, okay? Prevention is worth 16 times more than cure. It's always easier to fix something before it happens than after it happens. That's what that saying is really saying. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 17 and 18, Peter warns the church about those who would distort Scripture. And here's what he says. Therefore, dear friends, since you have been forewarned, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of lawless of the lawless and fall from your secure position, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory now and both now and forever. Amen. 
So growing in the grace and knowledge of Jesus will prevent us from being carried away by the error of the lawless. Growing in grace will prevent us from falling from our secure position. Now, I know what you're you're thinking. Pastor Romans 8 says that nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, and that is exactly true. But if you look in that list, it does not mention me, myself. That my, that my own self, I'm able, somehow, I'm able to do something that no other force in all of creation can do. You see, evidently, we are able to be deceived. We are able to be misled. And growing in Jesus prevents us from being deceived and being misled. In Ephesians chapter 14, verse 4, Paul says, then you'll no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. When we grow in our relationship with God, when we grow in the knowledge of who God is and our relationship with him, it will prevent us from being led astray. And growing together as the body of Christ prevents us as a church from being deceived by some form of teaching that is contrary to the word of God. So, aspect number two is prevention. Aspect number three is production. Spiritual growth produces something in our lives and in the life of the church. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 10, it says, So that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. Let's talk about the production. That growing in our faith will happen, production will happen in our lives. Number one, this will happen when we're growing in our relationship with the Lord. Here's what's going to happen. We are going to please God. Did you know that? When you grow in your faith, you are pleasing God. You say, wait, I never really thought about it that way. God created you to grow. That is his desire for you. And when you grow, he is pleased. I don't know about you, but one day the Bible says we're going to stand before God and give an account of our lives. And when that happens, I want to hear God say to me, well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into your master's rest or joy or peace, whatever version you're reading. I am looking forward to that moment. Why? I want to please God and I want to hear at the end of this life that I have pleased him. When we grow in our faith, when we grow in our relationship with God, it pleases him. When the church fails to grow spiritually, God is not pleased. When we fail to grow spiritually, God is disappointed. In Revelation, uh, uh, John the Revelator, excuse me, talks about the church of Laodicea. And he said, you're neither hot nor cold. And because you're neither hot nor cold, I'm ready to spit you out of my mouth. What is the Spirit of the Lord saying to the church of Laodicea? I'm not happy with you. You're not growing in your faith. You have lost your first love. It's time to return to growing in your faith. Could you imagine as the church reading that about yourself and the feeling that that would give you? It would be incredible. This morning and last night I posted on Facebook a couple of times about my message 
and, and I talked about how, how God wants us to grow and there was a response um, to, to my post and don't worry because those of you that, that are here that responded to my post, I'm not talking about you. This is someone that doesn't live here uh, and, and it's someone that none of you know so you don't have to worry about it. But the response was this, oh, Kevin, I'm so glad you're talking about this because this is a subject that is near and dear to my heart. That was the response. You think, wow, that's great. It's a great response. Here's the issue. Doesn't acknowledge Christ as Savior. Does not believe in the Word of God. Okay? When we talk about spiritual growth, when we talk about us growing, we are talking about one specific type of growth. We're talking about growing in our relationship with God. We're not talking about a knowledge of the universe. We're talking about a relationship with the one who created the universe. Okay? All right. Your growth, if, you're, if your growth doesn't please God, if, it, if it's not causing you to grow in your relationship with God, it's not the, the right kind of growth. Uh, number two uh, regarding production is this. It produces fruit. Spiritual growth produces fruit. <clears throat> Paul is talking here about our good works, okay? You say, Pastor, the Bible says that we're, not saved, we're, we're saved by faith, not of works. That's true. That is true. But James says that without works, our faith is dead. Paul said in Ephesians 2.10 <clears throat> that we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So as Christians, you and I have been created to do good works. We've been created to produce fruit, okay? So, so when we talk about <clears throat> um, Feeding America, when we talk about Be the Tool, when we talk about um, Operation Winterwear, God has created you and I to do various works that are, that are good, Okay, you say, well, wait a second. I don't know what God is calling me to do. That's why we're doing these things corporately as a church. And that's going to give you ideas on what you can do privately. But God has called us to produce fruit through our good works. In Ephesians chapter 4, uh, Paul gives us in verses 15 and 16, he gives us three more things uh, that's gonna, that are aspects of production relating to our spiritual growth. Let me give them to you really quickly so that I can move on. Uh, number three is spiritual growth produces maturity. It produces maturity in your faith. When we grow spiritually, we become more mature as believers. Number four, it keeps the body joined together. Number five, spiritual growth it builds up the body. I want you to remember that Paul says in Ephesians 15 that Christ loved the church and he gave himself for it. And when we grow spiritually, individually, and corporately as a body of Christ, Paul says that we are building up the body of Christ and Jesus loves the church. Are you with me? He gave himself for it. He died for it. And so when we do things that build it up, he, we're doing something that builds up what he loves. And I want you to understand that today, that when we grow in our faith, Jesus loves it. He loves when we're growing in our faith. And these are literally benchmarks of our spiritual growth. And so I want you to understand that aspect number four, is progression. 
Aspect number four is progression. I want you to know that growth doesn't happen all at once. It happens in a progression. Paul was thankful that the Thessalonians' faith grew more and more. When we accept Jesus as our Savior, growth is not just implanted in us. Growth is a progression. It's a process. It's a journey. Peter told his readers that they needed to make every effort to grow in their faith. Spiritual growth is not necessarily easy. It's certainly not fast. But if you want to grow spiritually, it is a progression. And I'd like to leave you today with four action steps. I want to leave you with four steps that if you will implement these into your life, as a Christian, I, I promise you, I guarantee you that you will grow, okay? That person that responded on Facebook, I'll, I'm telling you what, they are not, if they listen to this message, they're not going to implement these four things, okay? Because, because spiritual growth to them is not about God's word. Spiritual growth to them is not about a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you will do these four things, okay? Now, I realize that all of you, you got your four, you already think you know where I'm going, right? You've already got what you think, uh uh-oh, pastor's going to talk about X, Y, and Z. You follow me with this, okay? I promise you, you implement these things, you will grow in your faith, in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Here they are. Step number one, be a hearer of God's word, okay? That's, that's where it all starts. Be a hearer of God's word. So to grow spiritually, you must first put yourself in a position where you are hearing the word of God regularly, okay? What are we doing? Part of what we're doing in this gathering is we are listening to the word of God, right? I I might have lost you somewhere. What we're doing here is we we are proclaiming the word of God. That's what we're doing. On Wednesday nights, uh, beginning in September, our connect groups uh, will, be, will be groups that are proclaiming the Word of God. We're studying the Word of God. But it doesn't end there, okay? That's just the low-hanging fruit, okay? To be honest. That's like putting together your to-do list and picking the three easiest things, one of which you've already done, and checking them off. Do you, ever, do you ever actually write something on a list that you've already done just so you can check it off and feel good? Have you ever done that? That's, that's what going to church and, and, and joining a, a connect group, those are just easy things to check off your list. But there's so much else, okay? What about, what about reading the Word of God on a daily basis? You say, Pastor, I'm not much of a reader. I got, I got people that tell me, you know what? I listen to Scripture when I drive my truck. I listen to scripture there, th- while I work on the, the machines that I work on. I listen to scripture when I'm in the vehicle between home and work. I listen to it while I'm at home, but they're literally exposing themselves to the word of God. The Bible has never before been so available the way it is today. If you want to grow, you got to start by hearing it. Okay, it's got to touch your ears or your eyes. It's got to be there. You've got to hear it. You've got to read it. That's step number one. Step number two is be a believer in God's word. 
Romans chapter 10, it says in verses 9 and 10, If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. It is with your mouth that you profess that your faith and are saved. If you stop at just hearing it, you will not grow. You must believe to continue the progression that will lead to growth. You say, how do I believe the word of God? By faith, you accept that it is from him, that it is the truth. It's simply a matter of accepting it. Number three, you need to be a keeper of God's word. Now, there's a difference between believing and keeping. Believing is simply when we accept it. Hey, God said it, and I believe it, okay? But keeping it is different, David said it this way in Psalm 119.11, Your word I have hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. The definition of keeping is acting of owning, maintaining, or protecting something. David in Psalm 119 internalized the word of God. Your word have I hid in my heart. He put it on the inside so that it's not just on the outside hitting his ears or his eyes. It's on the inside. He internalized it and now it's helping him not to sin. It's helping him to obey God. He is keeping God's word. And that's the third step in this progression. The final step. And I want to stress Step number one is great. Hear the word of God. Step number two, got to have it. Believe the word of God. Step number three, absolutely essential. Keep the word of God. And if you do those things, why would you stop before you get to step number four? Step number four is do the word of God. Do what it says. If we stop at step one as a hearer, we're not going to grow. If we think that we're actually growing, we're guilty literally of deceiving ourselves. James 1.21, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Do you know that you could memorize the entire Bible? And if you did, I would shake your hand because... I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I've memorized verses and I've memorized chunks, but I could not memorize. I'm sure somebody has it memorized. That does not guarantee that you will be in heaven. It does not guarantee that God is pleased with you. It simply means that you have the ability to memorize a whole bunch of stuff. That's what it means. We're supposed to do it. We're supposed to be a doer of God's word. If we hear it, if we believe it, if we are a keeper in it, all of this would be for nothing if we do not become someone who does what it says. Your spiritual growth is a progression. It's a process. And when we come to know Jesus, we don't start out keeping it. We don't start out always doing it. We got to start by hearing it because it's a foreign concept to us. This world does not live according to the word of God. And when we hear it, we're like, man, that sounds pretty strange. 
Someone says it's God's word. Okay, I'm by faith. I'm going to believe it. And we begin to meditate on it. We begin to allow it to get into our hearts and we begin to keep it. And then the fourth step is we begin to obey it. We begin to do it. Spiritual growth, it's a progression. It's a journey we must take. Spiritual growth in the church, it's a, it's a progression that we should see happening and that we should work to see happening all, all throughout the body of Christ. It's called discipleship. So those four aspects of growth, whether you're an individual or whether we're talking about it corporately, presumption, God expects you to grow. Prevention, growth prevents failing in the faith. Production, growth pleases God and it produces fruit and progression. It's one step at a time. It all starts with hearing, moves to believing, then keeping, and finally obeying. So here's, here's the question. I say all of that to simply say this. And no one can answer this question for you. Your spouse can't answer it. Your parents can't answer it. Your kids can't answer it. Your pastor can't answer it. Only you can answer it. Are you growing? That's the question. If you have to think about it, well, let me see. Let me kind of lay things out. Let me lay things out. Let me look at my life and, and add up the good things versus the bad things in my life. And if I, if I, if I come up with a bigger pile in, the, in the, uh, the bad things, then I'm not growing. Or if I come up with more things in the good pile, then I'm growing. Friends, there's a lot of people that judge their preparation for eternity exactly like that. It has nothing to do with it. Nothing to do with it. If you look at your life and you say, yes, I am hearing, I am believing, I am keeping, I am doing God's word. Then you can say, I know I'm growing. I know that I'm growing. It's a process. It's a journey. We're not all at the same point. The real easy answer is to say, you know what, I'm going to church. I hear a sermon every Sunday. It's not even a good one some of the times. If you're listening to the ones I'm preaching, would you eat once a week? Would you eat once a week? I would not. I, I, I literally, before we, we started service, I was already starving. Okay, I had breakfast. I had breakfast and I'm star. I, I couldn't, I, I've gone a week, but I don't want to go a week. Would you go a week without eating? Why? Why? There's got to be a purpose. That's what it's, when we go a week in between hearing God's word, that's what it is. We're literally, we're literally starving ourselves. We get just enough to satisfy us for that moment, but then we starve ourselves for an entire week. You say, well, pastor, I, I come to church on Sunday, and then I come to a connect group on Wednesday. Man, I'm thrilled that you do that. But literally, you're just giving yourself a midweek snack. 
Because the real growth happens when you begin to make it a part of your daily life. When you begin to say, okay, Lord, I'm going to get into your word and I'm going to do it on a daily basis and I'm going to begin to meditate on it. I'm not just hearing it, but now I'm believing it and now I'm keeping it, oh God, and now I'm starting to obey it. The church is a place where we can grow together. Yes, we'll grow together relationally, but we're going to grow spiritually on our own. And together with the body of Christ, we're going to grow in our faith. Are you growing? Are you growing? I want you to stand with me all over this place. I want you to stand with me out in the hub as well. Come on, stand up. Father, I believe that this is a question that you desire us to answer today. Just just be real. That's something that our culture today really values, being real, being transparent. I want you to be transparent with God. No one else in this room, just you and God. And so when I ask you that question, are you growing? What's the answer? Maybe you got to think about it for a minute. Here's what I want to do. I'm going to pray for you. We're going to sing a song and I'm going to close in prayer. So I want no one moving until my final closing prayer. But I want to invite the Holy Spirit to begin to speak to you. To begin to draw your heart. And maybe today you find yourself at that place where you say, Hey, it's God's word. I believe it. And that's where, you're, that's where you're at. I believe God wants to call you to the keeping step. Maybe you're just at that point of hearing. God wants to call you to the believing step. Maybe you're at the keeping step. God wants to call you to the doing step. But whatever it is, I believe that he wants to move you forward. Growth is a progression. So Father, I pray I pray for these that are within the sound of my voice. I pray for those that are listening online. And it might not be July. It might be December. But they are listening. And the Holy Spirit is able to work through that technology wherever they are, whenever it is. I pray that right now, your Holy Spirit would begin to draw their hearts. Draw their hearts to the truth. And I pray that as our culture values being real, it values transparency, that right now we would be transparent before you. So Father, as we take this moment, as the worship team leads us for just a minute, I pray that we would be able to reflect on that question. And I pray that the Holy... In fact, I invite the Holy Spirit to speak over our hearts, to let us know, are we growing? Are we growing in our faith or are we just sort of at that place? Are we at a plateau? Remember what I told you earlier that a grown man might have 38 trillion cells, but remember, Even though our cells are still growing, they're also dying. 
and that we have to continue growing physically so that our dying does not overtake our growing. The same thing is is true in our spiritual lives. We must grow or we will begin to die. So Father, I pray, let your Holy Spirit do his work. As we reflect on that question, Holy Spirit, draw our hearts, I pray. Let's just worship for a moment.